Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and with me in the studio for the first time, I've got teacher and legal, <laughs> paralegal, Drew Samuels. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I stuttered there with the paralegal. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about something different today, listeners. Um, Drew is a paralegal, and he's a teacher, right? That's right. All right, okay. Did you want to tell our new listeners and anyone listening for the first time, how did you decide to have this passion for the legal system? Yeah, so growing up, I've always wanted to be in the legal world Uh like many people growing up, they fall in love with legal shows, you know, whether it's Judge Judy or some other form of, of legal show, it something that sparks your mind, sparks your interest, and you're like, hey, I want to do this. Now, it didn't necessarily work out for me from the lawyer perspective, and when doing some research, I found out there was a paralegal program where you can become licensed and in some respects operate much like a lawyer in certain scopes of law. So that just, that was my ticket in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like the law? I love it. In particular, I practice, um, I provide legal services for property tax, and I deal with commercial industrial clients, and it's the most exciting thing. It's not hard on my heart like a landlord-tenant or family matter dispute, so it's interesting to be able to go to work, go home, have a good life, and still be involved in the legal world. Okay, what do you want to tell listeners right now who are not interested in the law (laughs) right now? Because there might be listeners not even interested in five seconds of this interview. You know what? I I totally get that. It's not for everyone. Um, I myself, when I first started, I went to Carleton University and did a criminology degree, and then I did a psychology degree. So at first, um, when I was 18, 19, and so on, I didn't really love the law. But I can tell you it's very interesting, and I think the jobs are plentiful. So... Most of the people, if you're getting out of school or if you're looking at a second career, it's most likely because of income that you're looking for, obviously, or something exciting. Don't knock it till you try it. I think paralegal is the way to go. Okay, so you can explain that more. Paralegal is the way to go. Let's say I'm a younger Donovan. I'm going to take me back, let's say, to 2003. Well, actually, it was different back then, (laughs) but I don't think people wanted to. You know what? Let's just say I'm a younger Donovan today, (laughs) 20 years later, right? So what's the process? How do I start? Great question. Um, The paralegal program at schools in Ontario, at least, um, they range from time frames. You could get something, if you have a degree at least, you can get something as short as one year, or you can go up to three-year diplomas and applied degrees. So first thing is have some decent grades. Second thing is find a school you love, one of the um, colleges in Ontario, and then you apply. That's the that's the first and only step you need to do. You got to go through several courses. And after graduation from college, you have to do a provincial licensing test. So that's another thing we should talk about. It's a full day event where you're doing two long exams and you have to go through and pass all of that and become licensed from the law society. And then you'd become a licensed paralegal. Long? How come so long? Uh, You know what? Because I should describe this too, because paralegals, licensed paralegals can operate much like lawyers do. So we can go to court, we can represent clients, we can negotiate on their behalf, we can help them with mediations and paperwork. So because in the tribunal setting or small claim court or uh, provincial offenses matters like traffic tickets stuff like that because you have the same autonomy as a lawyer lawyers go through three years of law school articling their bar so we have to step up our game too so it's it's a process to make sure that the the public has access to justice and they're not getting someone that doesn't know the law you need to prove yourself so you do need to know the law of course (laughs) of course of course now when you're in school you're studying all forms of law and if you're someone like me i specialize in only one 
Now, you can open your own practice, for example, and you can have your own law firm with many types of law, of course, but that's your choosing after you've gone through school. All right. So, do I need a mentor if I'm going into the legal field? Do I need a mentor? Let's say I'm that younger Donovan and I want to be mentored by a 37-year-old Drew Samuels. (laughs) Sorry to throw at your age. No, it's all good. 37 strong. (laughs) Um, So, I guess I've spoken with many people on this topic and it's a split decision. Some people have gotten out of, you know, graduated from school and they went right into owning their own practice and they think that's the way to go and I'm sure that's rewarding. That wasn't my route. I went and worked for a company called the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation and when I did that, I was able to work with a lot of great people who helped me and mentored me, showed me the law, showed me the shortcuts, showed me all the leading cases, helped me argue and I felt like that fast-tracked my learning to where I am now. Now, I think in the end you get to the same place but if you wanted my personal opinion, I think mentorship is the best way to go. In life, I think you need mentors and sponsors in your life. Mentors help you get through the knowledge. Sponsors help you get to different levels. And I couldn't imagine my career without having mentorship. Okay, so it is important, you think? I think it's the most important thing. And if you have your own business and you don't want to work for a company like I did or work for a law firm, then I think you have to network with professionals to find someone who can help you when you need help. I don't think you should be on your own island trying to figure this out on your own. Yeah, it can be discouraging. Well, if you have your own business and no one's walking in the door, so to speak, you're not, your phone's not ringing, you better turn into a marketer pretty quick rather than a legal professional because you got to market, you got to get people in the door, you got to showcase yourself and your skills. I didn't have to worry about that stuff. The work was coming in and I just focused on litigation. So I think that's why my, I'm tooting my own horn, I think that's why I've excelled the way I have because I was free from distractions. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be free from <laughs> distractions. <laughs> There are too many distractions in life, so limit them. But if you own your own business and you are you want to feel like you're the boss, now what if you lose it all being so <laughs> young and you didn't get that mentorship? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough road. I guess I'm only assuming and guessing based on thinking about what that would feel like. Um, I'm sure where there, when there's a will, there's a way, but I can't imagine if you're trying to pay rent or mortgage or you have children or something you have to take care of your family i can't imagine what that feels like if money is not coming in so i think to a certain degree i was lucky because working for a company my paycheck was in my account every two weeks didn't have to think about it and i was still learning law if you were on your own and that was the way you decided to progress in your career It's not the end of the world, of course. I just think you need to have a realistic plan, maybe no real tangible income for six months. For example, um, law is not a fast-moving system. Cases can take two-plus years. My cases generally, on average, take almost two years. So if you were working in my law, in your own practice, you are not getting paid for probably two and a half years. Maybe some interim billing between that time, but it's going to take a while depending on how your billing works. So, you know, I'd say someone, do you have the stomach and the appetite to wait that long? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Are you still listening, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't we talk about why there are not many of our people, black people, into the legal system? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. I've, I've received it so many times. So I'll speak about it, I guess, from my lens quickly and then broader than that. So from my lens, I work, again, in property tax, property assessment. And I can tell you from the litigation standpoint, there are... I can't think of another black man or woman in the truest litigation sense that maybe has their own business or is doing a lot of litigation. There's a couple sprinkled in, but it's dominated by primarily white people and European, um, if I want to go 
nationality or ethnic creed. Now, I don't know why that is. I don't believe necessarily that the companies in my field just don't want to hire in that sense. I think we need to start at a different level. So when I take a step back and I think of my teaching career, and I've taught for eight years now at Durham College, I don't see black men and women in those classes. Again, sprinkled in, if I have a class of 50 people, I've had class of 100, you might have two to three people in there that are men or women who are black, that I at least identify when I look at them mm-hmm. as black. So, of course, when those people graduate, it's hard for companies to hire black men and black women because they're not in paralegal. So I think the real problem starts much before high school graduate. I'm sorry, much before college graduation. I think somehow, some way, uh, the government, the industry, something, we have to tell high schools, guidance counselors, the students in high school that there is this career that you can potentially get in maybe two years after high school, but you have to know about it, get taught about it, and like it, of course. And I think that's the first step to get more black people or people of color into legal. The money too, right? The money, maybe <laughs> they're not, they're concerned about how much money they'll make. They can make a lot of money. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. But in how many years? Let's say that young Donovan's mentored by Drew. When am I making 50 to 100K or 200,000K <laughs> in? Yeah, that's a valid and fair point. Um, What I tell the listeners is, firstly, as you've mentioned, I think you have to be interested in this. You have to want it. I found, talking to many people in my life, the reason people don't meet their goals is they're willing to give up what they want most for what they want right now. So I would say, delay that gratification for just a bit. Maybe when you get out of school, there are some jobs out there that pay great. There are also a lot of jobs that I've seen out there that don't pay so great. And I think that's discouraging to people when they get out or they're looking, let's say they're saying, okay, I might go into this college thing. I'm 18 years old. I'm trying to define define who I am. I'm looking at some paralegal jobs. I just saw something for $17 an hour and I worked at Tim Hortons since I was 16 and I'm getting $16.50. Why am I going to college for so many years and waiting to get paid that out of school? On the flip side, there are a lot of other jobs that can pay you. My previous company, if you were going in as a junior paralegal, I think the starting pay is mid 60s to 70 right now. Okay. So again, you're trying to find the gem of where you're going to go, but I think it's out there. Don't get discouraged by the companies that don't see your worth. And there must be a company that does see your worth if you're willing to pursue, like you said. Put aside those goals that you want for a minute and work toward getting there and you'll get the goals eventually with your career, right? I think so. Uh, I'll give another example. Um, I volunteer my time on different boards. I sit on five board of directors right now, one of which I'm the president for, and that's the Durham Community Legal Clinic. Um, At that clinic, um, it specializes in what is colloquially known as poverty law. Um, So that's helping people that get legal aid funding because they make under a certain threshold of money based on their circumstances for landlord, tenant, social benefits, things like that. Well, I'm saying this because it's known they're a unionized um, uh, clinic. If you started at the legal clinic, the starting pay, I think, is 60000 doing that. And legal clinics exist everywhere in Ontario. I think there's 72, maybe 73 legal clinics all over Ontario. Right. So that's another thing I'd say. There are jobs like that out there. You just have to find them. They exist. Not every job is going to pay you the $17 an hour. There are ones that are going to pay you, I don't know, 60000 is maybe $30 an hour. I'm not sure. Um, so there are jobs out there that you can get that are rewarding and that have I think a good starting pay when you work at places like where I worked before in the clinic, you're starting off with some RSP contributions. You're starting off with benefits. Um, Obviously, you get vacation. At my old company, you get a pension. So 
I would say to those people looking for jobs like that, look at where I work. That's a perfect job for most people. Mm-hmm. Now, for the students today, and you were a student once upon a time yeah. ago, right? Mm-hmm. What do you notice the difference in, what do you call it, <laughs> in the legal system today? Oh, well, this, I would say two things to this as well. So students today, just as, let me just make this little point here. Sure. I think students today, it's harder to go through school because the way we learn is different. And I'm saying that because when I first went to post-secondary, it was in 2003 or four. Um, so I don't want to wave, wag my finger at them as a shame on you. That's not the point of this, but we learn differently. We learn, we're getting content at 30 second clips, right? Like this is YouTube shorts or Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever else is out there. So I found it difficult knowing the way I've learned to now teaching at how I have to try my best to teach a little differently so that the content lands with students. Now, that's the first thing I'd say. Now, when it comes to the legal field, um, to a certain degree, I think I was blind going in because I don't think I did a lot of research on the legal field. I think I was one of those people who said, I'm going to make it no matter what, whether that was foolish or not. And I just jumped in and I said, I'm not going to research what people are doing or where people are failing. I remember when I started paralegal in 2010, I think, my sister has a good friend who's a paralegal and she at the time was making, I don't know, $14 an hour back then, which I think was good wage by then. It was minimum wage or whatever it was, listeners. But my sister was saying, don't do this program. You're not going to get paid much. So I was more like, you know, that's her. Let me do what I can do. And it worked out for me. So I think you have to be determined. So when you're saying how it's changed, don't necessarily look at what's going on now. Find out where you want to be and just stay focused on that goal. Okay. Okay. What do you want to tell the students today? They're looking to get in this. They're in their last year of (laughs) college or university, and they know for sure they love it. Doesn't matter what they're black, white, female, male. What do you want to tell those students? Oh, a lot of of things. The first thing I'd say is um, you have to have a goal and you can't negotiate your negotiate with yourself for your goal. So I'll give you an example. I knew when I was going through school, especially because by the time I got to Durham College, it was my third stint in post-secondary after my first two degrees. And I told myself, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. I love it. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'll tell you a quick funny story. I remember my friends, I had some friends who played hockey in the NHL and they were on um, all-star break and they all went to Las Vegas. And I said, no, I'm going to stay back and I'm going to study because I want to do well in this college program. Now they went to Vegas and they had a time of their life. This is back when you had um, like BlackBerry Messenger still. And they were sending pictures and texts, and I was sad. Now, looking back, I can at least admit this. If I missed that week and went to Vegas with them, I wouldn't have missed much in school. I can admit that. It wasn't wasn't that serious. The point of my story is, is that I knew I had a goal and I stuck with it. I didn't say, I'm going to make this happen, but let me just do this this one time. Or let me sleep in today. Or let me miss class today. So my thing I would tell students is, you have to have a goal. Don't negotiate with yourself. When you set that goal, you're seeing it to the end. Mm-hmm. Don't rest, like Kobe Bryant said, don't rest at the beginning. Rest at the end, right? Like That's what I tell students, to stay focused. The next thing I would say is, stay patient. And when I say patient, that means know that you're going there to fulfill a requirement. So you have to go to school to be able to do the paralegal licensing exam. And that gives you your entryway to do many things. With the license, you can start working at a firm. You can start your own firm. You can teach. So to me, it's about learning the content to fulfill the goal. And I think when you look at it more in a utilitarian sense, like this is useful to me because I think that helps people achieve and get to where they want to be. And then the last thing I'd say to students is just how to have fun. Mm -hmm. This is about fun. This is not, you don't go into my line of work. I litigate 
quite frequently in, in negotiations and in settlement conferences and court hearings. You don't do that because it's a fun thing to do all the time if you don't like it. If you love it, it's fun. But if you're not going to like it, you're doing it just for the money, you're not going to have a fun time. It's not good to work on late night on a cross-examination the day before a trial. If you don't love that, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, some people are, might be th- rethinking law <laughs> at school right now. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's everything, though. Like, you know, people see little excerpts of court on TV shows, for example. And you can make it like that if you want. You just have to love your craft and work on it. But, like I said, if you don't love it, you're not going to like staying up. You're not going to want to do 50 hours a week of work on something you hate. And it's tough. And remember that the other side's coming at you and your witnesses the same way. So it's... It's literally like a a joust without the physicality. You're really trying to outthink. It's like a chess match. You're outthinking someone. You're outperforming someone. Um, And to do that, it takes a lot of mental effort. Mm -hmm. So mental effort, mental effort, which you should have, right? Yes, I think you. I think you. It's a necessity. It's a necessity when you are trying to when you are trying to do something for a client. My use my sense. I have clients. They believe they're paying too much property taxes doesn't everyone and they want me to go in and do whatever it takes within the limits of the law to get them a lower property tax burden the only way to do that at a high rate of success is that i always have to be thinking i have to be thinking about my case i have to think about other parties there's usually two or three other parties think about their sides of their cases and try to get ahead but at the same time, all of the other paralegals and lawyers are doing the same thing with me. So if you're not in it for the mental long run, it's also very tough. Well, we got to be in it for the mental long run. <laughs> and there, again, like you said, there's going to be nights you're staying up late. Yeah. Some goals are going to have to be put aside. And if you do have kids, you'll have to work around that. But yeah. then again, I wouldn't want to tell people what to pick. I would pick my kids <laughs> first any day before legal. But I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? But put your yeah. goals on on the side. I also think it depends on the type of paralegal you want to be. So I teach students and fun fact for those that don't know, biggest fear for most people is public speaking. Now, a lot of court has moved virtual right now, but it's public speaking. Before I used to stand up in some sort of room, a trial or a court hearing, and I'm speaking in front of people and I have to be very technical with my words. If people don't like that, that's fine because there are different types of paralegal. You don't have to litigate. You can work in a paralegal or law firm where you're assisting someone. You can end up taking some additional courses and doing mediations, for example. So it depends on the type of paralegal you want to be. And definitely, maybe some people aren't looking to be the greatest litigator and you know that's what I want to be. Some people want to do a nine to five, put in good work and leave. There are definitely areas for paralegals that do that as well. Okay. So what do you want to tell our, you know, our people, you know, our black people yeah. to get them into the legal field, to ha- get them to have that passion for law, not look at, you know, the TV shows or look <laughs> at, you know, people in the past that, you know, done it and then they change course because yeah. they, you know, they got the money and then they're bored of it. But what do you want to tell our people? people that you know how to get them to love the law we can't force anyone to do what they don't want to do but what do you want to tell them i would say this the law in some respects touches almost everything we do whether it's legality for employment contracts which is something paralegals can work in um whether it's pharmaceutical law paralegals can't do that but you know criminal there's law all around us so for some people who would for example tell me that maybe they don't know what they want to do or they don't know if they love law i would say start with your passions and work backwards so maybe some people are activists for example and they just think 
Uh, the best way to you know be an activist for the cause I believe in is to lobby Queens Park, maybe you know write letters, go to conferences, so on and so forth. Well, I guarantee you with anything I've ever seen when it comes to activism, there's a legal side to it. So I would say start with your passion, work backwards, and then if it is in the paralegal world, going back to paralegals, then that's something you can do from many different fronts. And it, again, might not be litigation. So um, for people who don't know if they're passionate, I know those people have passions, whatever it is. Start there, work backwards, and find out where you land. I know people, I speak to students all the time, and I say, well, what do you want to do? And I go through one by one, those who want to share. And the answers that come out of these students, very altruistic. They say, like, I want to help people with housing. So many, your know, rents are so high, they're getting kicked out, sometimes illegally, from their tenants. I want to help those people. Great, that's a passion. Well, you could do landlord-tenant law and represent tenants. You could be an activist to lobby the government for different landlord and tenant uh, legislation. So, there are ways to satisfy that itch, that passion you have, and I think the best way to do it is through law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms in case <laughs> there are people that want to reach you, they want to talk to you, or maybe there's a student listening and they probably got a little bit of encouragement from you to say, you know what? Drew's right. I do <laughs> want to study law. I found my passion. I want to help people with landlord and tenant law. I like being a fighter. You know what? I, I hope people do reach out to me, though platform I generally use the most is LinkedIn, and that's uh, my full name, Drew, D-R-E-W, last name Samuels, S-A-M-U-E-L-S. I hear from a lot of people on that platform. I love to respond to people. I'm very open with my emails and phone numbers. Contact me. Let's talk about it. I can tell you about my struggle, what I went through. I can tell you more about what I do. I can tell you about what I do with teaching. I can tell you my outlook on law. Um, I do assist with a publisher on the paralegal examination prep. So I am someone who does uh, courses in the summer. If you attend those courses, you can help get uh, feedback on how you can successfully pass the licensing test, provincial test. So I'm here. I'm available. And I, I want to encourage everyone, our people or not, um, to get involved in the legal world and become paralegals, good paralegals. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Not bad paralegals. No, not bad ones. If you're a bad one, don't call me, please. But if you want to be exceptional, if you want to be the best at your craft, um, I'm in it that way. And you know what? I hope some people can contact me so I can learn from them as well. Okay. Any final things you would like to tell our listeners? Yeah, I think um, whether this you know little chat has helped or not helped you, um, in the end, it's all, all helpful. So maybe you thought you want to do something. You're like, okay, now that I hear how patient I have to be, maybe it's not my thing. That's okay. That means I helped in some way. Um, but what I would say to people is try to try to find your passion. And if at all you can do it through paralegal, I think that's the best way to approach um, the law. And I think the paralegal program and becoming a licensed paralegal has done wonders for my life, my career, for those around me. The knowledge never stops. And I think it's a transferable skill. If I wanted to leave my world of property tax and go somewhere else, I think that would be a relatively easy transition with my experience. So I think, you know, don't think very narrowly down this path. Think about all the doors that open up to you when you get this education. So I want to tell everyone and encourage them, please reach out to me. Please consider this paralegal. Google, um, you know, major colleges, websites, read through the program and the courses and, you know, just have the best life you can have. And I hope it's in paralegal. And get mentored too, and, you know, have somebody through your side. Have mentors and have sponsors. I really believe in that too. If you can find mentorship, even early on in your studies, if you can find a good teacher that you've had, um, I often keep in contact with students, you know, 
before they compare legals and even after, um, you definitely need that. And when you get a job, whether it's in a firm or a company, if you can have a sponsor that helps you get to the heights you need to get to, there's nothing like it. Give back. All right. Well, we'll keep in touch with you because, yeah, well, I don't want to be a paralegal, but we'll keep in touch with you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. For CJRU 1280 AM, I would really love to thank you. Can throw out your name again in your position. Uh, my name is Drew Samuels. I work for Ducharme McMillan and Associates. I teach at Durham College. Um, my newest title I have now, as of this week, is Director of Litigation and Administration. Thank you so much, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode.